Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sometimes she's just like taking the food and like looking at it in her fingers or even I see her like kind of scooping and playing with it, but it's not going to her mouth at all. So I feel like in general, she's just like checking it out in there. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. I'm so excited about today's guest interview because she's my real-life friend, Geneva Davidson. I have a lot of virtual friends because of the nature of, you know, running an online business. But Geneva, I get to see her in person. She lives in San Diego. She's a brand new mom and her and her husband live on a boat. They live on a boat in San Diego. And I have had the great fortune to work with her daughter, Geneva, who is six months plus two weeks old to do her first week of baby led weaning. So we're doing a whole series for Instagram, baby led weaning on a boat, showcasing her first 10 days of baby led weaning with ideas on how families who live in small spaces can make foods safe for baby led weaning. And so it's been so fun seeing them all week long. And I wanted to interview her right in the middle of the two weeks. So we do five new foods a week with my five-step feeding framework. And so we just finished week one and I wanted to like get her take on like how it's been going as a new mom, as someone who knows a little bit about baby led weaning because she also works with us. So Geneva's husband, Jeremy, is a photographer and a videographer and he generally does high-end real estate. But when my quads were little and I was selling my house, and he came over to videotape our house to sell it. I was feeding the babies like, what's going on? And I found out he's a videographer and he'd actually had a degree in nutrition. And I'm like, I'm just starting this business. Can you help me? And he's actually did my very first baby led weaning video shoot and photo shoot and has done them all ever since. And then now he's filming his own baby eating. It's so cool. So he helps us with video editing and as does Geneva and all things video related. So I get to work with her, but then I got to also work with her baby, which was so cool. So they live on a boat, small space. She's going to tell you a little bit about the boat and the foods that we did. The 10 foods that we picked for this baby led weaning on a boat series are from my 100 First Foods list. If you guys want to grab a copy of the 100 First Foods list, I give it away to everybody on my free online workshop, which is called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. It's all about how to get your baby to eat 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. So if you head to the show notes page for this episode, I'll link up uh, where you can sign up for this week's workshop times, get your 100 First Foods list, and you can start knocking out all these new foods with your baby, whether you live in a nice, big, fancy kitchen or a very small space like a boat. Head to blwpodcast.com forward slash 159. And with no further ado, we're going to 
dive in to talking about feeding in small spaces, baby led weaning on a boat with Geneva Davidson. Well, hi, Geneva. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. I'm glad to be here. All right, Geneva, take us back to last week, if you can. Before you started baby led weaning, what were you concerned or worried about regarding this transition with Skylar? Yeah, well, I was really worried about breastfeeding, to be honest. I thought it was kind of like our last days of it. And she was in the NICU for a few weeks, was a little bit early, and she was only bottle fed with breast milk. But we worked really hard to finally get the full breastfeeding thing down. And I just felt like it was done. And I was so I was really worried. And so I kept asking you, like, is this okay? Is it going to be like that? So that was kind of my main concern. I thought I was losing her. <laughs> and then we actually were had to, you just finished feeding Skylar before we did the podcast episode. And I was asking you, like, a week into it, have you noticed any changes in her feeding schedule as far as breastfeeding goes? Not at all. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> Perfect. And that's the right answer, you guys, because there's like very minimal eating going on, right? The first few weeks, it can take some babies four, six, eight weeks to like, get to the point where they're actually bringing enough food to their mouth that it's taking up some room in their stomach and they're starting to eat less. So I usually tell moms, don't even think about adjusting your milk feeding schedule for the first, the sixth and the seventh month of life if you're starting baby led weaning at six months of age because everything will pretty much stay the same. You can anticipate that. Okay, so now you're one week in with baby led weaning. What's something that has surprised you with regards to Skylar starting solid foods? It's really surprising to see how... Like she knew right away kind of how to pick it up. I mean, not perfectly, but like she, the way she was able to grasp it, it was just a little bit surprising that they do have some skills there. But also I didn't expect her to kind of be over it so fast. So, you know, she's like interested in things. It's fun and excited, but I didn't expect that, that, that like over it, you know, kind of thing. And I know that's normal. And so it was just funny to see. <laughs> Yeah, I've spent a lot of time with your family this week. I can say like, it's so nice to see like there's days where she wants to eat and meals where she wants to eat and there's other ones where she wants nothing to do with it. And that's totally typical. I think it's so hard when, especially when you learn a lot from social media as parents, we do. And I was, we were working on a lot of reels with Skylar and like, you take a 20 minute feed and boil it down to a 30 second reel. It looks like all that baby's doing is eating, but like the reality is there's a lot of stuff happening in between. So when she's not bringing food to her mouth, like a perfect baby led weaning model. Like what's she been doing? Cause she's been sitting in the chair 15 to 20 minutes, one or two times a day. Like what else has she been doing besides eating Geneva? Sometimes she's just like taking the food and like looking at it in her fingers and, you know, seeing, or sometimes she's kind of, you know, playing with it there, or she loves the spoon a lot, the easy peasy spoon. So she's kind of playing with that. Or even I see her like kind of scooping and playing with it, but it's not going to her mouth at all. So I feel like in general, she's just like checking it out in there. She definitely loves that spoon and she's getting her first tooth like and she's gnawing on that spoon handle and that's fine, right? It's food grade silicone. It's not dangerous, but it's all part of the learning how to eat process. She's smelling and sniffing it and like occasionally a little bit of it gets in her mouth. Definitely. I tried the putting a little bit in the cup too and I don't think she knew it was in there. So she was like chewing on the cup and then it just kind of got in and she's like making the silly face like what? <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Can we talk a little bit about living on the boat? I know you and your husband, Jeremy, have been on a boat for about three years, but the last six months have obviously been different because now you have a baby. Can you tell our audience, like, what's your food prep and kitchen situation like on the boat? And then how do you guys normally eat and cook and shop like before baby led weaning? Kind of paint the picture for us, like what your home life is like. So we are on a 34 foot catamaran. It's called a Gemini. And 
yeah, so we have 34 feet. It is three bedrooms, a bathroom. So it's like a home. And then we do have a full kitchen and everything. We are on solar power. So that's a little bit different when it comes to using a microwave or not. We have one, but we don't really use it. We actually didn't even before we were on the boat, but we don't really use it because it would take a lot of our solar power or something like a pressure cooker or things like that. We have a two burner stove and an oven and we cook most of our food that way. That's on propane. And then we have a two sink sink like normal. And then we have a 60 gallon water tank that we refill every two weeks. So that kind of affects how we eat and different things we cook. And we have to keep that in mind too, when we're washing dishes and all those things. That's our kitchen situation. If you can visualize that storage is, you know, less. So you don't have all of the kitchen appliances, kind of the basic big and small pot, big and small pan, that kind of thing. And then, yeah, the way we normally eat, cook and shop. So we shop typically pretty much with what we need for about five to seven days. And we don't really do a ton of leftovers. So we've really mastered like how much to cook for that specific meal because our fridge is smaller and it's also really moist. So food can go bad easily, those kinds of things. So yeah, we pretty much do that. My big concern, which you've been really helpful about was we're not vegetarian, but we don't cook a lot of meat on the boat. And I wasn't quite sure kind of how to do that. So that was something that, you know, I want to learn more about for baby led weaning so that we can be able to offer her those textures and different things. But that's kind of our one different eating idea. So I have to add that, okay, when I first saw the kitchen, she's like, we have a full kitchen. I would not describe it as a full kitchen, but when you describe it that way, it really is. It's just super duper small and there's nowhere to store food. And when you said that you buy food for five to seven days, like having just spent a week with you guys, I can't believe that. I just assumed you guys went to the grocery store every day because literally it's like a dorm size fridge that you're working out of. And then you also said that that's bigger compared to your old fridge. So how small was your old fridge? Because your current fridge is pretty small. So our current fridge is like double the size of a dorm fridge. Our other one was legitimately a dorm fridge, like the tiny thing. So the freezer is the the drawer still in this one, you know, that little flap you lift up. But for food, it doesn't look like a lot in the fridge, but we eat a lot of fresh produce and stuff. So on a boat, not all of it's going in the fridge, but you learn how like apples and onions can't be together. Onions can't be near anything else because it'll make it go bad. So we have like dark drawers and then we have drawers with holes in them because some of them. So you kind of learn how to store more like dry goods and things like that and not use all of the fridge. The fridge we try to save for, you know, things that are like dairy and some of the other meats that we eat that we really don't want to go bad. So this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. 
If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. And if we can talk a little bit about meat. So we plan the menu, like following the five-step feeding framework, I was going to do 10 foods over two weeks, a new fruit on Monday, vegetable on Tuesday, starch on Wednesday, a protein food on Thursday, and then an allergenic food. So over this 10-day course of doing the baby led weaning on a boat series with Geneva and her husband, Jeremy, and their baby, Skylar, we picked 10 foods from the 100 first foods list. And I always like to do kind of a wacky meat early on. Like, I mean, ground beef, chicken, those are fine. But like people want to see like, how do you eat lamb? How do you eat pork? And I would just like to share like that I have learned a lot from this experience because I totally failed you guys on lamb. My husband used to live on a boat before he was my husband. And I remember cooking on a boat, but it was a fun thing to do, but I didn't have to do it every day. And I forgot some of the limitations. So I get there, you guys. And I'm like, okay, so here's how we do the lamb. Like it's in a pressure cooker. And Geneva's like, oh, I can't do a pressure cooker because it like pulls too much battery and we're on solar and we can't do that. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Switch gears. Let's do the lamb. Let's do a, a roast in a slow cooker. And they're like, we can't do a slow cooker. We're not going to cook something on the stove for 10 hours and waste all that propane or whatever it is. And then I was like, oh, so lamb is probably not going to work. Now, we can do ground lamb and we can work it into a burger or a patty. And I mean, they, there's definitely workarounds, but I learned so much from you guys because it's not just like pull out every appliance like you can in a regular size kitchen. But you mentioned some of the things you do have, a pot with a lid, a big pot, a little pot. You have some water. These are really the implements that you need to make most foods soft for baby led weaning. And I always die like sometimes baby food companies will approach me and that make baby food makers and like, will you promote our baby food maker? And it's like, no. And then why? Because, because your baby food maker can do nothing more than my pot with a lid and some water can do, which is like poach or cook and make some of the food soft. So we are going to have to work a little bit more on the meat stuff. I agree. And I'm sorry that I made all these recommendations that you guys are like, no, I'm never going to do that. But back to the meat, we were talking about sometimes, you know, just purchasing the meat already prepared might actually be an option for you. And I was sharing, um, I know you guys don't shop at Whole Foods a lot, but if you have a Whole Foods near you, and I know you guys go to Trader Joe's, but at Whole Foods, you can get an unsalted rotisserie chicken. So the problem with rotisserie chicken is that it tends to be really, really salty. But Whole Foods does sell a naked one that has no salt in it. So that might be an option for you guys just to buy the whole chicken, shred it up, and then offer it to her with a lot of broth. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. That'd make it nice and simple because I have no idea how to even cook. I know. Chicken. And you know, a lot of vegetarian families get away. Another thing too is like, I don't want you guys to be stressed out about like, oh my gosh, I have to go buy all this meat and make this meat if that's not how you normally eat. Like thinking about, you know, vegetarian source of iron, tofu is fabulous. Like you can fry it or cook it however you guys want to for dinner, but just cut her off a few slices about the size of your adult pinky finger. It's a very easy way to introduce your baby to soy, which is one of the potential allergenic foods. It's not sexy, it's not fancy, but it's like, who cares? She needs to experience these foods, the individual foods for the first few weeks and that's a super easy one. It's a good source of iron. It's a plant-based food. It's like compatible with your vegetarian lifestyle. So don't stress yourself out too much about the meat. Do you guys eat at restaurants and have you taken her to a restaurant yet? I mean, I know it's only been a week. Like, So we do eat at restaurants a lot of time just with a six-month-old. It's really easy to take the food and then go to like the grass, let her play a little bit. So that's kind of mostly of what we've been doing. And sometimes when we're at a restaurant, we will eat meat. So it's not like a hard vegetarian thing. It's just I don't like cooking it on here, but yeah. So we haven't done it with her. 
we were eating some acai bowls and I thought about, you know, giving her some strawberries. And this is, I think, where I'm getting a little bit stuck because I'm like, oh, can I just give her like a half strawberry? How do I prepare for it? I think that's kind of the hard part of where I'm stuck right now sometimes is what is the proper way to prepare it? So I just need to learn more about that. And I think that's really important because a lot of parents learn about baby led weaning and they hear that, okay, with baby led weaning, your baby will end up eating modified versions of the same foods the rest of the family eats. And they're like, all right, right out of the gate from day one, baby's got to be eating what I'm eating. And that's not true. We have to give the baby time to learn how to eat. I would not do strawberries in the first week of baby led weaning. Now, if there was, and also an acai bowl probably has added sugar in it. If it's yogurt, she has had cow's milk, but at that point, maybe she hadn't. Like you are smart to take it slow. And I think doing foods at home, especially the first few weeks is so important for her because she's seated safely in her high chair. She's got a Nomi high chair with the adjustable foot plate. Her feet are resting flat on that foot plate, which is supporting her and facilitating a safe swallow. You've got that suction, easy peasy, tiny bowl on the table so she can rake and scoop the foods up. You're offering the longer strips of food like we did poached papaya strips the first day because the papaya wasn't ripe. You put it in a pot with a little bit of water about the size of your adult pinky finger. She picked those right up and brought them to her mouth. We do need to start with those single isolated foods. And parents want, they want recipes and I want to make this and that. Like, no, your baby needs to try the single isolated foods prepared safely. They need ample time to experience those flavors and and don't stress yourself out about, well, they should be eating exactly what I'm eating right now because that's not how it works because they don't know how to eat yet. So you guys are smart to take it slow. I know you're doing one new food a day, which is a great mission. If you shop, you know, five to seven days in advance, I usually tell most parents like just, you know, lay out what are the five foods from the hundred first foods list that you want to feed your baby this week. Make sure you have them on hand and then we'll work on how to make them safe for babies to eat. But you don't need to have like a hundred different ingredients to make these foods safe for your baby to eat. The less is actually more early on in baby led weaning. That's what I was just doing this morning because we're going to go grocery shopping. And, you know, I was choosing her five from the different one, you know, one from each category. And it was like apple. And I was like, oh, okay, that's easy. And then I'm like, do I poach that? And I cut it in strip. Like I was like, oh shoot, I need to know. I'll show you. Apples are super easy. I see. I just learned from you that you don't store the apples by onions. Like that's amazing. Onions make things go bad faster. Yeah. So onions with anything, onions have to go alone. Onions and bananas, they will make everything just rotten. Apples, you can put in the same cupboard, but we put them on a different shelf. And then like your peppers and your garlic and your zucchini, like all the others can go together, but they're in a dark cupboard kind of thing. And that will help them fresh. Well, I know we were talking about avocados and we didn't start with the traditional foods. I mean, you can start with avocado, banana, sweet potato. I just, we're trying to show different foods that you can easily start with. And we didn't do avocado and we were just talking about avocados not getting ripe. But if you were saying some ways to ripen an avocado is if you store an avocado in a brown paper bag with a banana, the ethylene gas from the ripening banana expedites the ripening process of the avocado. And you were like, or just leave it on the boat because everything gets ripe faster. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah. So when you're saying that, I was like, oh yeah, duh, banana. That's what I'll do sometimes. Because I like to make like a tuna salad, but with avocado base instead. And so if my avocados aren't ripe, I just put them on the counter the night before. I mean, I'm going to make it next to the bananas or with the onions. The tuna avocado, like that's a perfect example of like a food that you're already going to be eating. You're probably going to eat it on a sandwich. We wouldn't give your baby bread because there's too much salt and the bread can definitely be a choking hazard early on, but your baby can have strips of that avocado. And once she's gotten through that food, you can introduce tuna as a, canned tuna is a great way to introduce babies to fish, which is one of the allergenic foods. So like I oftentimes tell parents, like if you're thinking about what foods to pick your 
you want to eat for your baby, like look at the 100 First Foods list and how would you make that food for yourself? And then how can we slightly modify that to make it safe for your baby? If you're going to make a tuna sandwich with avocado, your baby can have the tuna, they can have the avocado, they just can't have the bread. And you can do the bread when she's a little bit older. It just is very salty. And early on, the middle part of the bread that's really starchy, it can kind of ball up and form this bolus on the roof of her mouth that can be challenging to clear. So just stay away from the bread for right now. And then we'll do the avocado and the tuna separately. You know, so foods you're already eating. You don't have to go buy a bunch of weird stuff. Now, sometimes you will end up buying maybe some different whole grains. And we're going to have to kind of brainstorm about whole grains because they do sometimes take a little bit longer to cook. But there are great products where they're already cooked, oftentimes without added salt, that you might just shortcut. And I was going to ask you, are there like some shortcut foods that you guys buy because you're like, it's a hassle to cook or prepare like that, that are kind of halfway done for you? Yeah. So we do. Well, one thing is like rice. We do a lot of rice-based meals, but we find if we buy the long grain jasmine, it seriously takes like 10 minutes to cook versus the normal longer amount on the stovetop. So that's kind of one kind of tricker thing that we've learned. Another thing would be I've been trying out and, you know, I got to find the right brand and stuff, but so that when I am making some salads or things for lunch, having some of those pre-cooked, a little bit fresher Trader Joe's, still like healthy, but chicken that's pre-seasoned and pre-cooked into strips that I can throw on top of a salad or whatever. So those sometimes we do get, but that's really kind of it. I'm thinking too, like things I know, like personally, I hate peeling and cutting butternut squash. So if I can find it like already peeled and cut, I'll, I use that a little bit more. And then you guys don't shop at Costco, do you? No, we definitely don't. I'm totally kidding. We had a Costco like, makes fun of people that shop at Costco for two people. I just think it's, I just picture buying like their toilet paper and I would not even know where to store all those rolls. <laughs> I know, seriously. One thing I love about going to your house is just like how little stuff there is. You're like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's such a mess. I'm like, are you serious? Like you should see my house. Like there's <laughs> so much junk everywhere. And I was going to ask you, is there anything that you miss about just being in a land-based kitchen or food prep situation? Like I know you guys love living on the boat, but are there some days where you're like, oh, I just wish I had a pressure cooker or whatever it is? I would say... Maybe not the cooking, to be honest. Jeremy does most of our cooking. <laughs> He's a way better cook than me. So maybe he'd have a different answer about that. But the other part is I do all the planning and the grocery shopping. And I do miss just going from your car to your front door. Like we have to drive the car up to the dinghy dock, load it down onto the dinghy, all the groceries, then go take the car, put it back in the lot, come back to the dinghy, bring it to the boat, load them up on the boat, then bring them to like, there's like such a process. So as far as cooking and eating, I do miss just being able to, you know, take it from there straight to your door and into your house. Every time I unload groceries from my car, I'm like, Geneva has to get in a boat. And even having gone to your house for a week and trying to like minimize the amount of stuff that I bring. So I was thinking of things for like minimizing, taking up a lot of space. And the high chair we chose is the Nomi high chair and I love the Nomi high chair, but like it is a relatively big footprint. So that is a chair that's going to grow with your daughter. There's certainly smaller ones, but I love that because the adjustable foot plate. Another good option if you're on a boat is the Stoka trip trap chair. It's one that kind of looks like a ladder. It's the same designer as the Nomi high chair, which is Peter Opsik. Also has an adjustable foot rest, probably a little bit of a smaller footprint, but you actually have the space at the end of the table to have that chair there. And we were putting the splash mat underneath the high chair because their house like you take your shoes off before you come in like it's really clean and you don't you know baby led weaning can be messy so having that splash mat the apron baby splash mats are the ones that we were using and they fold down really small 
So he's trying to like not bring in stuff because there are some splash mats out there that are massive and would they're heavy and you don't want that. You want the smallest stuff possible. I was bringing you those Vapor and Baby bibs too because those you can just rinse out in the sink really quickly. You have a limited amount of water. You just hang it up next to your sink and then it dries before her next meal. So there are some little kind of tips and tricks you can do to minimize the amount of stuff because you guys just do not have a lot of stuff. It's like, it's really admirable. I want you to know that. <laughs> I was making a little area. She's got like a toy bin and then like a, I grabbed another bin just like it and it's kind of her baby led weaning bin. So the plates fit, the bowls, the splash mat and the bibs as well. And so it was like this just little area. And I was like, oh, this is the perfect amount of stuff. So you did really well. <laughs> I have more for you. I've literally been stockpiling stuff since I found out you were pregnant, but I didn't want to overwhelm you with stuff. Also one tip, if you guys use the easy peasy products, like um, if you buy the tiny bowl or the mini bowl or the mini mat, they come in a bag. That's actually a wet bag. So save that bag because it's vented at the bottom with holes to help aerate and dry. And you can put the bowls and stuff back in that bag and store them that way. They're also great if you're just taking it to a restaurant or you're going out and about, like you guys go to the park or you know you want to bring your stuff with you. It, you can take it in that travel bag and it doesn't take up a lot of space. And also all of the easy peasy products stack, which I love. Um, and they now come with lids. So you can kind of prep a few meals, even though you don't have a ton of space and put her plates or bowls in the fridge in case Jeremy's watching her, or you're out working or something that her meals could already be ready and not take up a lot of space. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, they're really good in the fridge as well, especially with those lids. You were able to, they just fit really nicely, even under the freezer, which was really nice. And I know you guys don't like love using your microwave. I'm actually proud to say I was the first person to use the microwave on their boat. They're like, I don't even know if it works. But because I was bringing meat and stuff that had been refrigerated, especially with meat, you do want to reheat meat. We don't really serve meat at cold temperatures or refrigerated temperatures for babies because it can be a very challenging texture. And when you heat the meat, you liquefy the fat and the fat provides moisture and that helps the baby swallow. So the microwave does heat unevenly though. So you have to be careful of little hot spots. So we were like heating our food, sitting it on the counter with the lid on, like just letting it sit for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes till it came back to room temperature so we don't burn her mouth while we were getting other stuff ready. And that might be something you guys use maybe a little bit more. I know it pulls a lot of power, but it's like you're using it for 15 or 20 seconds just to get it back up to room temperature so that it's safe. If we were to be doing baby led weaning, let's say in the evening when we don't have more sun to refill our batteries after the microwave. So the microwave's kind of like, ah, we shouldn't use that right now. Do you think it would be better to reheat, let's say that lamb in the oven and kind of bake it some in a pot and a what would be your suggested model that would have so dried out? Great question. So the lamb, like there was a roast lamb and then there was a lot of juice with it. I would probably do it because I'm always like trying to save time. I would maybe even do it in a frying pan on the stovetop. You could do the oven, but like to heat the whole oven up to heat up one portion of lamb sounds like a lot. If you could just like pop it in the frying pan, heat it up and then add the extra broth. Like that's the key is having the moisture so that it doesn't get dried out. Because every time we reheat it, we do dry it out a little bit more. But if you add the moisture back to it so that she has some lubrication there, it would be safe. So that might be an option. But any of those would work. I just don't know which one is less taxing on your resources there. 
I was hoping you would say pan. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know if like I was going to burn it or whatever. Okay. But I think you'll get to the point too where you'll get a few once she gets a little bit older. We generally move into combination foods after like eight months. So after doing eight weeks of individual foods, you'll have like kind of some of the same recipes that you'll go back to like oatmeal that you might all eat. And then you maybe do, you know, a can of canned pumpkin as a way to introduce her to pumpkin in the oatmeal that she's already had. Or, you know, you can do any other, anything. into Oatmeal is a wonderful medium. Or pancakes. I know I was over there on Saturday and you guys had had friends over, you made pancakes. Well, there's so many different ways you can incorporate new foods into pancakes for baby led weaning. So I think as you go through the 100 First Foods list, it can seem overwhelming at first, but one new food a day, if you're picking out five foods, like, okay, I'm going to get a can of pumpkin. It's unsweetened pumpkin, not the pumpkin pie mix. What can I do with this? Yeah, you could like bake muffins, but you might not do that. But you might get to a point too where you have one recipe that you like, like a breakfast bar that you guys bake that you all eat and she can have some of them or you can incorporate it into things like pancakes or oatmeal that are easy for you to make on the boat and that you know you can make without you know using all those resources. Perfect. Yeah, I see us possibly using having or learning which canned foods do not have a lot of sodium. I see that, you know, we were looking at artichoke as one of them and I was like, I don't know how to cook an artichoke and I was like, well, I know they have canned artichoke, but is it And babies sodium? love canned artichokes. Yes, and you can buy them without a lot of salt in them. And actually have a whole episode all about canned foods that can work for baby led weaning. It's episode number 75. If you go to blwpodcast.com slash 75, there's tips there for using canned foods because again, you have a limited amount of refrigerator space. And it's not like you have to buy like, again, a Costco size flat of black beans when she's ready for it. You can buy one can. And also just so you know, anytime you rinse a canned good underneath the faucet, I know you guys are really careful about your water, but it does reduce the sodium by about one third. And a really good rule of thumb is when you're reading labels, if you look for sodium, look for less than 100 milligrams of sodium per serving. That's generally a good rule of thumb for babies. Because of course, they don't eat a full adult serving. Um, and that's generally a lower sodium option. So that 100 milligram is kind of a good barometer to have in your head as you're starting to look at some new foods that maybe you guys didn't traditionally eat. Geneva, any tips for other parents who are also starting baby led weaning? I know you don't like you've been doing this for a week and you're like, oh, I'm new to it. But like, you know, a lot more now than you did this time last week. Parents in small spaces, what should they keep in mind when they're preparing foods for their baby? Yeah, I would say one thing that you taught me was I think in a small space, it's especially important to clean well, pretty much right after to wash the bowls and the, you know, don't let them really sit and things like that. That was one thing that I think we're going to really have to do being in a small space. Another thing I would say is learning more about, there's a lot more out there that you showed me even in just this first week of storage devices that are more useful than I thought. We've tried a lot of different food storage things and they don't work well. For example, those stasher bags. I was like, these are incredible. We need these. And I so hope you didn't buy any because those. they had a sale yesterday and I just sent you a whole starter pack because I'm like, they need stasher bags because they're like these silicone bags that zip shut and you, they pack flat on each other. And it doesn't matter if the food gets smashed because the baby's going to smash it up anyway. Exactly. We didn't buy any, but it was like on my list. So that's cool. But, and the other thing was those Tupperwares. What brand is that? Those were incredible too. They're, they're just Rubbermaid. So it's, don't laugh at me. I have seven kids, so I do shop at Costco, but it's like a variety pack from Costco. And they're like the snap tops, but the really small one is great for baby led weaning. And you can actually buy that small size. So I'll find the exact size of it and link to it on the show notes. But again, I think too, one thing I noticed this week is like babies don't eat that much. And so the portion sizes stay really small. And so even though you're adding a new person to the mix who's eating with your family, it's like not actually that much food. Exactly. And I think 
knowing that it was okay to change our rhythm a little bit. Like I said, we don't really do leftovers very much because we just know how to eat. But with her, like you just mentioned, she's not eating a ton of stuff. And now that I've found these brands that actually work with our setup of food storage, I feel a little bit less like, oh, we can't have leftovers. And I'm like, oh yeah, we could, you know, make a little bit extra, which makes, you know, that baby led weaning feel less like it's a huge task. And then they store really well. And yes, I think finding the right equipment was really helpful to make it not feel like every day I'm going to have to poach peaches or like cook a, you know, a lamb or all this stuff. You're re-showing all the familiar foods. And it's important that we're, you know, moving through new foods, but that we're continuing to introduce her to familiar foods. And so this rotation of where, okay, we're doing a 20 minute meal. The first 10 minutes she explores with the new food of the day out of a bowl by itself. So she's just got that food prepared safely. The second 10 minutes swap in a plate with three foods on it, two familiar foods from previous days that you hopefully just grabbed right out of the fridge because you made them yesterday or the day before. And then the new food of the day again, she's got that new food exposure again, plus she's being exposed to the familiar foods. In that way, you're pushing her forward with trying new foods, but you're also helping her revisit the past by revisiting the familiar foods from previous days. Because you know a baby may need to see a food 10 or 15 times before they like or accept it. And I know like with the second lamb day, when I came back with the good lamb that she did like, she was tired and it was just a different type of day and she wasn't into it. You don't want to push her. It's not your job to make her eat or to make her eat more. But then you sent me videos later in the day when she went for a nap, she got back up, you guys tried again. And she was totally jamming on the lamb where a lot of parents would just give up and be like, oh, she doesn't like lamb because she didn't eat it one time. But you inherently knew like, no, she's got to keep trying it. Plus we have it here, so we're going to use it. Definitely. That's exciting for me to see too. I was telling you, Katie, how I was a really picky kid. And I just think it's fun to show her all these different types of food. And, you know, if she's picky or not, that's up to her. But to just be able to provide her these different types and things. And so I would have never eaten lamb as a kid. And I know it feels like a lot because you're like, oh my gosh, I have, again, we were like poaching papaya strips, which to be honest, if you had a papaya and it wasn't ripe enough, you would wait until it got riper, which you could do, or you could just poach it in a little bit of water and in two minutes, it's soft enough. But this whole period, and everyone says this about every phase of parenting, but it goes so fast. Like this period where you have to be doing a little bit of extra prep for her to make sure it's safe. In a few months, she's going to literally be eating the modified versions of the same things you guys do. So I came in that, in that the other day and you guys had a sandwich. Like she's close to being able to eat all of the components of that sandwich. I would, again, hold off on the bread just because of the salt early on until she gets more competent. But like by the time she's one, you're not even doing anything different from what you guys do. So it's really worth it, I think, to put the work in for the six months of baby led weaning to help your baby be exposed to all of these different foods so that when they do turn one, you're not dealing with that picky eating. And she's going to be eating literally exactly what you guys do very soon. Be awesome. (laughs) All right, Geneva, where can our audience go to learn more about your family and your adventures living on the boat? Yeah, we have our YouTube channel where we talk about some of our cruising and just things we do on the boat. Um, We just took a big trip to Catalina. So we have that there. So our channel's just the Adventure Sins. And you can also find the link to the channel on our Instagram, which is the Adventure Sins as well. So you can check us out there. Geneva, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I can't wait to see Skylar trying all of her new foods. Yeah, me neither. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Geneva Davidson. She's a new mom. She's a boat mom. She's now a baby led weaning mom. And I really appreciate her sharing her experience starting Solid Foods with her daughter, Skylar. The highs, the lows, the challenges, the things they're enjoying. We went through a lot of different spaces on that interview, talking about gear, talking about foods. I'm going to link everything up 
in the show notes page for this episode. But you guys definitely have to check out their Instagram and their YouTube. And I'm going to put a bunch of pictures of like just the feeding situation there. It's kind of hard on a podcast to describe it. A picture paints a thousand words. Head to the show notes, blwpodcast.com forward slash 159. I've got links to all the different gear that we're using as well. Some discount codes for those. And thank you so much for listening. If you guys are feeding in a small space, I hope you found some of that helpful. And I'd love to see pictures of where you're feeding your baby. You can catch up with me on Instagram at babyledweanteam. And again, everything linked up from this episode at blwpodcast.com forward slash 159. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long.